Good morning. Good morning. It is a fantastic morning, is it not? And do you know why? Because God woke up each and every one of you this morning to be here today. You have breath in your lungs, so it is a day to worship the Lord. And so it is an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning. I'm Courtney Bullard, and I want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Hess for giving me this opportunity to come and share with you this morning. As I share with you what I believe God has put on my heart for you to hear, my prayer as I've been praying for you is that it will fall on fresh ears. And that your heart will be open to receive the word that he has for you today. And know that God sees you just where you are. He knows the circumstances. And even though we pray that they will change, they might not. And we're going to talk about today, don't be afraid. Has anyone ever said that to you? It doesn't make it better, does it? One time, this is a story for another day, I was actually in a mall shooting my mom was taking shelter in a closet. We were on the phone, and she was so calm, and she said, don't be afraid. And did you think I was afraid? I was terrified. I was like, yes, I'm afraid. Some of you have heard the story of the Pearl House. And God asked us to start a home all the way across the ocean in Ghana, West Africa, a place I said I would never go. And here we are. And do you think I was afraid? Terrified. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But as Christians, we should focus on unseen realities. God asks us to do that. So how do we practically not be afraid? So this morning what we're going to look at is how not to be afraid. And how we do that is we trust God and we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we're going to unpack that this morning of how do we practically not be afraid when someone says, don't be afraid, because that doesn't offer a lot of comfort sometimes. So we're going to look at how do we not be afraid and trust God and truly walk by faith, not by sight. How do we do this? Well, let's first look at 2 Corinthians 5.6. It says, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith not by sight. Now we know that this body is temporary. Amen? That this is temporary. Our body is temporary. This is not our forever home. Praise the Lord. But that while we are here, it says, God says we are to have good courage, to take courage and to walk by faith and not by sight. In our family, we all wear glasses. As you can see, I try to make mine pretty stand out because that's just kind of my personality. And so I wear glasses. My husband, Steve, a lot of times he wears corrective lenses. My daughter, Charlotte, wears glasses. My teenage girl sometimes is supposed to wear her glasses at school um, whenever she sees the board. And so the good thing about glasses is that it helps your sight. It gives you clear vision. The bad part about this is that sometimes we start relying on our own sight and not by faith. And whenever we start doing that, when we start relying on our sight and not by faith, that is when distractions come in. That is when confusion enters in and doubt and fear. But as long as we can keep our eyes on Christ, that is when the things of this world, what does that old hymn say? They slowly pass away. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, So whether we are at home 
or way. We make it our aim to please him. The definition of aim is our intention of achieving. So whether we're here or away, where our intention to please him is what our goal is. And it goes on, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that one that so each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We are to please him. You know, God doesn't ask a lot of us, a lot from us, does he? He doesn't really require a lot from us, but he does ask us to try just to please him. It's very simple, but we complicate it. In the world, circumstances kind of help us to not be able to achieve that goal sometimes. But God says, I just want you to please me. How do you do that? We love others. We're in the word. word. We forgive. And our aim is to please him. But the word tells us that it is impossible to please him without faith. Did you know that? And it says that here in Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So it will be impossible for any of us to please God without faith. And then I love this. I don't want us to miss this word. It doesn't say just to seek him, but what is the word before that? Sincerely seek him. He knows your heart. He knows what you're going to say even before you say it. He knows your thoughts. He knows how many hairs on your head. And he says, I just want you to sincerely seek me. When I was growing up, I was in elementary school, my family took us to an amusement park. And if you've ever been to an amusement park, they have these terrible contraptions called a turnstile. And if you don't know what a turnstile is, it basically a lot of times is made out of metal. And it has these like pokey little like things that come out. And you walk through it and then it quickly snaps behind you so that you can't go back once you've gone in one direction. And so whenever you go to an amusement park, a lot of times they'll have a section where those turnstiles are supposed to be used going into the park. And then you have turnstiles used to go out of the park. Are you all with me? Okay, so went to an amusement park with my family. We're having the best time ever. We've gone, they've counted us. We've gone through the turnstile. It's flipped back behind us. We're having a great time. Well, I grew up, we are very weather conscious in my family. And so what that means is we're terrified of the weather. Um, and so whenever there's a tornado, um, and my family can attest to this, I have hard hats. I've got our tennis shoes ready. I've got like an old radio that doesn't require electricity. Like, I mean, I am prepared. And I know you're judging me right now because I said, don't be afraid, right? But I'm also human. I'm working through it. Um, but we're very weather afraid. And so we're at this amusement park. My dad, he looks up. He sees this huge storm cloud approaching us. And I can tell it's like, ooh, we got to, I'm watching that cloud. It keeps getting closer and closer. And all of a sudden, he goes into action. And he tells us, he said, we got to go. We got to go. The storm's coming. We got to make it to the car. And he just starts running, running. And so my mom's running after him, my brother, I'm running after him, I'm trying, I mean, my little legs as a little elementary student, like I am just running as fast as I can. And I remember thinking, I cannot keep my eyes off of the back of my daddy's head. Because once I do, I'm going to be lost. 
And I'm going to tell you, I can be pretty nice, but in that moment, I was not nice. And I was pushing people to the side. I was elbowing them. I was like, get out of my way. And I was thinking, I will not take, I cannot take my eyes off the back of my dad's head. So I am pursuing after him, pushing people aside, telling Jesus loves them as they fall down. And I go through the wrong set of turnstiles at full speed. And so I hit that thing, and y'all, I broke the turnstile. It bit so hard that all of a sudden the dinging starts happening, the security is coming out to see what's been breached, and I had broken, as a little fourth grader, a turnstile because nothing and no one was going to get in my way because I was not going to get lost. As we follow Christ... If we can keep our eyes on our Heavenly Father, not allowing anything or anyone to get in our way, it's hard. And there's going to be bumps and bruises and scars along the way. But we know how the story ends, like Jesse sang this morning. And we know that God wants us to please Him. But when we take our eyes off our Heavenly Father, we get lost. We get lost. I still have a dent in my muscle. Just a side, well, side note, probably oversharing there. But um, as I feel it, it's a reminder to me. I'm so thankful. I'm like, man, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Keep my eyes on Jesus. But basing our lives on God's truth, it goes against our nature. We have a sinful nature, and basing our, our, our lives on it, it goes against it. Even the disciples struggled with this. These men that walked with Jesus, that followed him, that knew him, they were under strict training, watching him perform miracles, speak truth, heal people. Even the disciples struggled with this. And so we're going to look today in Matthew 14, 22 through 33, and it's a story about Jesus walking on water. We all probably know this story. It's one of the greatest miracles that Jesus performed. But as I read this and we go over it together, my prayer is that God will speak to you freshly in a new way as we look at this. So we're going to start with verse 22, and it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, I want to stop there for a second because as I read this, I wonder how many times in our own personal life we might feel like the disciples here. Is that they're on this boat, Jesus is not with them, and they feel alone. And I wonder how many times the enemy uses that lie in your life, perhaps, of thinking that God has forgotten you, that you're alone, that he's put you on a boat and you're out in the middle of this lake and he's nowhere to be found. He doesn't feel near. And I want you to know that's a lie from the enemy. But I wonder, that's kind of what the disciples were feeling at this moment. And then it goes on, it says, Later that night, as he was there alone, and the boat was considerably distanced from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So we know that the water was not calm. There was some wind going on. And then it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. Now, I love this in the text because it seems so casual to me. That it's like, okay, well, Jesus went and prayed, then he got up and he walked on the water. 
And then we just kind of keep going. Y'all, do you, any, scientifically, you cannot walk on a liquid form. This is huge. So he gets up. He walks on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Do you see this? Even the disciples had fear. It says, but Jesus immediately said to them, immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Do you see that word courage? We see it again, right? As I read in Corinthians, like, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter goes on and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So even though Jesus has already said, it is I, do not be afraid, they still had doubt. And that Peter even said, well, if it's really you, tell me to come. And faithfully, Jesus says, come. And I wonder how many of us this morning is that maybe you have fallen away and Jesus is saying, just come. Just come to me. Don't be afraid it is I, I see you, come. So then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. Now, the text doesn't tell us this, but I would hope, like I just hope that Peter was like, Jesus said, come. And I just hope he just jumped all in across that boat in the water. Like, you know what I mean? I hope he was like, I heard come from Jesus, and I am just jumping like all in to go after him. We don't know. Or was he hearing that, going, okay, 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 this doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense. And he kind of puts his leg over the side of the boat, making sure like his toe is staying afloat before he puts his whole foot on the water. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he puts his other foot over, feeling stable. And then he starts walking to Jesus. I would hope it's the first part. And I hope it's like that for each and every one of you. That when Jesus asks something of you, that you are all in. That you are not just putting one little fit over here and one over here, but you are jumping, trusting God. So then it says, he starts walking. And he came toward Jesus. In verse 30 it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Did you catch this? What happens? As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he got distracted by the other things, the circumstances around him, that is when he became afraid. And it says that he began to sink, and immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And they climbed into the boat. The wind died. And then those who were on the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Don't you think Jesus in that moment was like, Duh, you know, of course I am. I just walked on water. But how many times do we allow things in our life, distractions in our life, circumstances, and we rely on our sight and we do not rely on our faith and walking by that. 
But I do think it's encouraging because even as I read this and I think, man, even the disciples, those were, he was, they were under training with the Lord. I mean, they were walking with him, talking with him, following him, obeying him. That even then they allowed fear and doubt to creep in. But what's amazing to me is that God already knows this about us. And he already knows that we have little faith most of the time. And so I love this because the verse in Matthew 17, 20 to 21, Jesus is actually talking to the disciples and he says, you don't have enough faith, but I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move and nothing would be impossible. Nothing would be impossible. So I wonder how your water level is this morning. Some of you feel like you're drowning. Some of you need to be reminded just how Jesus pulls Peter out of that water when he says, man, just immediately he gets distracted and then he calls on the name of the Lord and he's saved. And some of you feel like you're drowning and you need to turn your eyes to your heavenly father not on what you see, but what we know, what we know to be true. And that you need to ask Jesus to reach down wherever you are and pull you out. Some of you are just kind of wading it out. Like your water level might be kind of like waist deep. Because you're like, well, I can stand. I can stand on what I know. Not fully trusting the Lord in something. And God's like... Why would you wade in the water when I could have you walk on it? Some of you are like doing pretty well about shin level, maybe knee level deep. And God's like, I have more for you. I have more for you. Because through me, I am the great I am. And he says, don't be afraid. I am with you. Trust me. Have courage. Whatever that looks like. Young people, Take courage in your schools. We need to be praying for our young people. It is hard to be keeping your eyes on Jesus and not being distracted for other things around you. And I want to commend you, and we need to be praying for the young people in our church. You are the future leaders, and you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. It is worth it. But it's hard. It's hard. But God says, again, in Matthew's, 1427, I don't want you to miss this, is when he says, take courage, it is I, I am here. And Jesse's saying about this this morning, do you know the great I am? The one that's the beginning and the end that knows you better than you know yourself, that we already know the story and the outcome, this is temporary, that not even death, we have a sting because we know that we'll be forever with the Lord. But you have to know who the I am is. I went to Psalms, just these few little passages, Psalms, the chapters of 23 and 27. And I pulled from it all the things how God describes him and how he is truly I am. And so I know in a crowd like this that someone, anything I read, it will strike a chord and it will touch your heart because that's who God is. 
And he can speak to each of us individually and uniquely. But you look at Psalms 23 and 27 and it says, I am. And I want you to know when you think something is impossible, you got to look at those first two letters. I'm. I'm possible. So the next time you're like, it's impossible. It is. But through God, it can be possible. I am possible. So you look at it. He hears me. I lack nothing. He refreshes my soul. He is with me. He comforts me. He teaches me. He leads me. He guides me, loves me, instructs me, guards me, rescues me. He protects me, delivers me. He's my shepherd. He anoints me. I am his. He is merciful. He thinks about me. He saves me. He is my light, my security. He is merciful. He delivers me. He keeps me safe. He is my rock, my strength, my shield. And because of that, then I seek his face. I lift up my head. I put my trust in him. I hope in him. I praise him. I love him. I love others. I tell others about him. I listen to him. I obey him. I do not fear. I do not worry. I do not be anxious. I do not associate with hypocrites. I'm confident and I exalt him. And that is just in the chapters of 23 and 27 of Psalms. God is the great I am. And this morning, my ask for you is that you'll check your vision and see if you are truly walking by sight or if you're walking by faith and keeping your eyes in Christ. And that is how we trust him. And that is how we're not afraid. Whatever trials, in the Bible it says we're going to have many trials on this world, in this life, in this temporary life but that through Christ he can help us overcome because we know how the story ends. And I can't help but think of the great hymn, and I'm not going to sing it alone, so only if you'll sing it with me. But you know the song, the turn your eyes upon Jesus? Come on, here we go. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. God, I thank you for your children that are here this afternoon, this morning, God. You're with them all the time. It doesn't matter what time it is, Father, and I thank you. God, I know only you can convict, only you can speak to hearts. You know the souls in this room, and you see them, and you love them. You woke them up on purpose to be here. And so, God, as we enter into a time of just worshiping you, responding to you, God, I pray if there's anyone in here that doesn't know you, that doesn't know you, the great I am, that nothing will distract them. Their sight will become blurry so they can focus fully on you, Jesus. And so we thank you. We thank you, God, that you're with us, that you call us out on that water. Some of us need to just take that first step. Some of us just need to get out of the boat. Some of us have taken that first step and that you've called us to continue walking. 
We're not called to take one step and stop, God, but to continue walking in our relationship with you, God, trusting you. And so, God, we give this time to you, Father. If there's anyone in here, Jesus, I pray that you'll just, they can't sit still until they come forward and just proclaim what it is you're doing in their life, Jesus. So, Father, move in our hearts, continue to speak to your children, Father, and we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.